0: Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All American, rivals five star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and the agency owner of Portal Insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley?
1: To steal a line from you, I have never been better. I've never been better in my whole life.
0: Guys, I'm in Mobile, Alabama today, and we are just starting Two days of podcasting. I'm excited to be here. I have a dog standing here looking at me outside the door. Johnny Gwynn is in there making magic happen, and we are fired up about being with every one of you today. Uh, before we get started and introduce our guest today, Bradley and I have a very special announcement to make. This is the our- last
1: episode. I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: this is the last episode. <laughs> no, this is our 100th episode of of the insurance guys podcast. I feel like streamers and some uh, confetti need to be coming
1: out of the ceiling right now. Maybe. And for, our I actually had an idea. I was going to get some silly string this morning and spray you with it. But <laughs> I said, well, you know, it's more of a visual thing. <laughs> right. Right. People right. be like, what in the hell's going on in there? <laughs> um, guys our 100th episode. We are
0: humbled and blessed to, to have gotten to this point. We hope that we've provided value to each and every one of you that are listening and, uh, we hope that you'll continue to listen to our podcast, our mission. For those of you that are just joining us, and this is the first time you've ever heard this podcast, our mission is very simple. We want to help insurance agents in any way we can. And, uh, I think, you know, we try to do that every day that we get on here. It's something that I think about every time we're about to to start a podcast and I don't know if there's anybody in the insurance industry that I would rather have on this podcast than our guest that we have on today. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome. She is originally from Tampa, Florida, and lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She studied at Johnson and Wells University, and she has a passion. She is a passionate advocate for the independent agent. From working inside the family agency to working her way through the association world, she's seen the IA channel from the front lines and the skyline. After helping create Agency Nation, an agent-focused media publication, and elevate the leading insurance agent conference on digital marketing, she's now back in the startup world. Her work as Chief Marketing Officer for BeAtomic is focused on helping agents leverage their data to create memorable customer experiences. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor to introduce to you one of the leading ladies in the insurance industry, Ms. Sydney Rowe. How are you, Sydney?
2: Wow, I knew it was coming, but I was not prepared.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that may be the best intro you've ever done. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: Sydney, Sydney, you know, in life, in life, we have lots of ranges of emotions, things that, that carry us one way or the other. And I, I just want to say today, I, I feel almost, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but I, I'm very, very humbled to have you on the show today. I've spent a lot of time learning lots of things about you that I don't, did not mention in your uh, intro. You know, scared of scary movies, scared of roller coasters, wears the Lululemon ABC pants every day, loves Nitro uh, Coffee, can come over to my house and help me with home improvement projects anytime I want. You know, loves, Bradley, you need to know this about her, loves, loves, loves video messages loves video. Messages. I know that if you want to I warm her heart. If oh. You want to warm her heart. You send her a video. Message. We send them back and forth to each other a lot. Not of fr- and, and, and let me tell you something. Today's podcast. This is a beautiful segue. Not afraid of any challenge. She'll mm-hmm. step out there and get after it. And I know that about her. Sydney, I just want to tell you, I love you. I've spent a lot of time researching you and talking to people that know you and love you. And I am I am just humbled and blessed to have you on the show today.
2: Oh, dude, that uh I have like butterflies right now. This isn't. <laughs> this hasn't happened since like you know my my tenth date with my partner. This is special. <laughs> I'm, I seriously though, in all honesty, like I love you guys too. I love what you do every day for the IA channel. I just I. It's one thing to go out and step out on your own, but when you're stepping out and you know that you got people mm. alongside you doing the same thing in Huntsville, Alabama, mm. it's like. Yes yeah. let's get after it.
0: You know it's so. so it's so funny that you say that because when I met, when I first found Bradley on social media, I kind of felt that way about him you know but this is before we ever met or talked or anything. I was just watching kind of what he was doing and I thought finally there's a guy that gets it. He understands me and and so then I reached out to him and, and we fell in love and the rest is history. but before before we get started in the meat and potatoes of this podcast because you and I have a lot to talk about today, i want you to sit down in the passenger seat of my delorean and let's go back in time because i really don't know if a lot of agents most of the IA channel knows who you are but i don't know that they fully know your story of how you got started in the industry normally the
1: one interviewing other people exactly
0: exactly so sit down in my delorean and and tell me all about it sydney i want to hear how you got started and let's work our way up to the day
2: all right you got it uh started in insurance. I am just like so many others. I uh, came from a family agency and be, was licking envelopes and doing mm. computer work at at the ripe age of like 10, getting paid a dollar 50 for, you know, every hour I worked. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I actually went to culinary school, didn't didn't think that was the thing for me. Went into international politics and policy. Didn't think that was a thing for me, and then eventually came back to insurance. And I I was a producer for a couple years, and wanted to. I, I kind of had a vision of taking over the family agency at some point, and that just that didn't work out. So decided to move into the association world. Went from there into sort of the technology arm of the association world, for lack of a better term. Worked with them to create Agency Nation, which Oh, that is always going to have a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a special four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, the coolest thing about working there was getting to meet so many different agents, mm-hmm. all across the country, and hearing how how people were different, and also some things that were the same, some some struggles that were the mm-hmm. same, some wins that were the same, um, but also obviously the opposite. How there's so much diversity in the insurance space, right. uh, in the IA channel, and then that there was a time where that just became, it wasn't, it was, that was over, right? I mean, there was a time where it was just like, it's time to move on. And Mm -hmm. I kind of felt that. And I was looking for something and I didn't know where to go. And this crazy guy named Seth Zaremba (laughs) walked into my life, actually dropped into my life like a bomb. Mm -hmm. And we started talking and he said, I want to innovate and create some technology for independent agents. Mm -hmm. But like, I want to blow some stuff up. And I was like, that sounds right up my alley. Let's do it.
3: That's right. So
2: that's, that's about it. Is that, is that a good preview?
0: That, that is, that is a pretty good snapshot. Now let's, let's talk about your role right now with be atomic and you move, you, you know, you get with Seth and and he, you, you guys start talking about,
1: is it atomic atomic? I've always wondered that. I think it's,
0: atomic Atomic. be be atomic yeah like like atomic bomb you know that kind of thing i'm a redneck that's okay so (laughs) you know you and seth get together i'm sure y'all met like originally like through all these associations and elevate and all these other things so you you know who each other are and y'all probably spent time maybe maybe broken bread together but at some point he comes to you and he's like hey let's go let's go out for coffee this morning or something and you like go meet cold brews cold brews yeah and so you go, you go out, and you meet for coffee. And he probably pitches you on the idea of, "Hey, what would you think about this?" So tell me what your current role, like, like in terms of your job description, is on a day-to-day basis with Be Atomic. What are you doing there?
2: Ah, uh, well, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. The two, the two main things that I'm doing right now are, a, communicating what Beatomic and Neon are to mm-hmm. the insurance world. I think Seth has done an incredible job Mm -hmm. of creating suspense and mystery Mm -hmm. around this really exciting technology that he's Mm -hmm. built in his agency, but people don't have a firm grasp around what that is. So trying to educate the industry on not just what he's built, but why it's important and sort of where this next phase of uh, the industry is going with technology So that's one part of it. And then the other part is we are not, we don't actually have a product yet. Mm -hmm. We're not selling anything. We're not selling anything until next year, right? probably early to mid Q4 next year. And so we've got these 13 pilot agencies that are going to take the tech into their businesses and run it and tell us everything that's wrong with it. So Mm. we can make sure that we put out a good product for v1 is that they started that yet
0: is that going to be beta is that beta testing basically is that what that is
2: yeah yeah it is yeah it's starting january so we're building out a couple couple things have happened uh the sale of tech canary was a little bit of a roadblock for Mm -hmm. us that Mm -hmm. pushed out the timeline and then um we had to find a a developer so that pushed out the timeline so we're building out basically what's inside seth's agency right now is like a template and then once we template it we can put it in all the other agencies and modify it and make it
0: Awesome. So go back to part one of what you just talked about. For the two hundred and fifty thousand insurance agents around the world, after after this one hundredth episode, I don't want there to be one person in the insurance industry that doesn't know what Project Neon is and what you guys are doing. So if you would, and I I know I know that sometimes you know you hear me talk about you know we're, we're getting a little too far in the weeds give us give us a 30,000 foot view of what project neon is and what you guys are working so diligently on to get to get ready for January.
2: So let me let me tell you Seth's story and I think that sure. will help fill in what the technology is because the two are right. almost inseparable right now. So right. he got into the insurance industry coming as a coming out of the engineering world. He was a steel fitter and uh, the went to the uh, doctors, and basically the doctor said, "Dude, if you keep doing this, you are going to physically be in terrible shape mm-hmm. in, you know, a couple years. So either you know, pick another job or accept your fate." Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, "Okay, well, let's try out insurance." The first, the, started- the most
1: least risky business there is. <laughs> no pun intended. At least no physically. pun intended. Physically, yeah, no pun intended.
2: Yeah, so he uh, he went to work for an insurance agency, and you know, like so many, decided ah, I think I want to go out on my own, right. started from scratch, and realized that as a scratch agent coming into the industry 11 years ago, one of the methods, the channels through which he could scale was technology, mm-hmm. and. That would allow him to be more efficient. It was this promise of, you know, great customer experience, and so that was his—that was going to be his golden ticket. Was well, I'm going to get this great technology, and I'm going to—I'm going to blow everyone else out of the water. And what he learned through years of trying to work with insurance-specific tech um, was that nothing did what he needed it to do. And so at that point, he said, well. I can just continue working and, and find another way to scale, or I can build out my own platform, something that I know will work. And, you know, Seth is, I have a lot of respect for him because he very much plays the long-term game. Um, you know, he didn't look at this as, I just need a quick fix. I'm going to go and build, I'm going to go get a developer and he'll write some code and I'll be good to go. Right. He looked at the industry and said, where is the industry headed in terms of technology? What technology are the carriers gonna start adopting? Mm-hmm. How are uh, vendors going to start evolving? And what do I need to do as an agent to see that, you know, see that landscape and and give myself the most competitive edge as I'm building out this technology? And so he chose to use Salesforce. And one of the reasons is because as you guys have probably found out through talking to carriers. They're starting to move on to the Salesforce platform, mm-hmm. which is great for, for connectivity. So and
1: if I may interject before we get too far along, I respect yeah. the fact that, I mean, that guy could have checked the box mm. so easy right? and built such a basic system that looked really cool and a million people would have bought it. Mm. But the fact that he's still trying to do it, it just says a lot of, of what a good guy is and, and how committed he is to that mission. Yeah. Don't you agree?
3: Yeah.
2: Oh gosh. Yeah. I, I, um, I have not really met anyone quite like him. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. He's, um, he's a really special guy. So yeah. And I, and I mean, for the people listening, it's, it's easy to say that, but, um, I think as you, as you listen more, I think you'll, and, and get to know him too. I mean, go watch his Twitter, go, go talk to the guy. I mean, he's, he's got a heart of gold. So, but anyway, so back to the story, right? He's, he is, uh, he's building out this technology and, as he's doing this real recognizing that it's not just about the technology it's about what the technology holds
3: mm-hmm.
2: i think we've all realized the that there is a new market that's already been built around us the data economy and it's this new we ha- we hadn't really ever thought about data as a as a material right like gold is a is an asset oil is an asset well now data is an asset just because of the volume that exists in the world and our ability to w- leverage that and wield that and gain insight from that so you know he he saw this and created a model that a al- really allows an agent to it's allowing agents to sort of shift power dynamics a bit right i mean if there's a material, if there's an asset that everybody wants, everybody needs it. Carriers need it. Uh, tech vendors need it. Insure tech companies coming into the space need it. Amazon's looking at it, Google's looking at it. Mm-hmm. And guess who has it? Mm-hmm. The independent agent, mm-hmm. right? That's valuable. Mm-hmm. And he recognized that and said, how do I start taking ownership over this this thing that has value? Oh, and it has a, you know, obviously a primary value of b- giving me a 360 degree view of the customer inside my own agency. Mm-hmm. So not only does it help me provide a better customer experience, helps me scale, but it also has a, a, a duplicate revenue stream. So that's, that's really the the heart and soul of Neon is um, is is, yes, it's cool technology. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all about data. But I think truly it's it's showing agents their value in this marketplace. I mean, it's yeah, it's crazy. I I'm gonna get worked up about it.
0: Well, I, <laughs> I let me say this. For for the agents out there listening to this right now, I, I'm not very smart. Sometimes I have to have things kind of simplified for me. So I think I think this is the part of the conversation where you and I need to water it down just a little bit. And let's move let's go backwards to go forwards before I continue on with what neon is. I, and, and I want to make sure I understand what you're saying and that I communicate that to the rest of the agency force out there. So guys, what we have in our possession is we have a lot of data, customer data that is very valuable. That information is very valuable. Now, Sydney posted a video and I can't remember, it may have been a month or two or three ago about about data muling. And what carriers and other other uh, companies? And of course, data muling is not something that's new. You know, companies have been buying and selling customer data for gosh years and years and years and years. I think for insurance agents, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sydney. A lot of times, I am. Data muling has not been something that's been at the forefront of what agents really thought that much about. Like how? Okay, well, how how can an insurance carrier? You know, if they take, if they extract the data that I've put in the system that I've, been, that I've spent my time, my energy, my money, my resources, my effort, my people, we, we've, we've run Facebook ads and we've done lead generation and we've used uh, aggregators and things like that. But we, we've, we've gotten this information in-house, right? It's in our CRM systems. And, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when you talk about data being an asset, for these large insurance carriers, that data that Scott Howell has, those 3,000 customers and 10,000 prospects, that is very valuable. Am I, am I correct about that? Oh, yes. Email addresses, cell phones, yeah. names, addresses, uh, driver's license numbers, w- whatever that information is you have is very valuable to a, to a carrier. And I think what I've heard you talk about and kind of what I've seen personally in my own agency is that carriers are able to extract that data and take it and use it to do basically whatever they want to do with it, whether it's package it up and resell it or use it because they sell pet insurance and they take all of your clients' email addresses and, blast out an email, you know, about pet insurance to all of your clients that you don't make a commission on. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's data muling, right? Am I correct about that?
2: Yeah. I think the concept of data muling isn't focused on what the, the party who's extracting the, the data is doing with it, uh-huh. but the fact that they're extracting the data without real permission. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess I, I I shouldn't say they're extracting it without permission because I'm sure you all sign contracts Uh, that say this. Right. Absolutely. But, but without fair respect for, right. Right. I mean, and, and look, I'm going to, this is going to sound naive and, uh, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I realized when I said, when I said this on the video, a couple people were like, really though, You, you really think that's the way the world works? Um, yeah, I do. I think this is the way the world should work. Um, Look, we're, the IA channel is inc- an incredibly special place. Mm-hmm. I've, I talked to somebody who's starting a scratch agency. He came from the media world into the insurance world. And he was like, I don't understand how I can call another insurance agent. And they're so willing to help me. Mm-hmm. They sat on the phone with me for three hours and talked to me all about how to get appointed, how mm. to get partnerships, how to, you know, leverage some of those partnerships, what to say in meetings, you know, the best place to start uh, generating leads, all this stuff, right? They're mm. they're sharing this information. And that's because I think at core, while we're all competitive by nature, we also all recognize that if we don't have each other and collaborate together, somebody else who's bigger is going to come and squash us, A- absolutely. right? Absolutely. What, did, what so, did I
1: say on stage? We, we just got back from the insurers of Tennessee, and one thing I talked about was collaboration. Mm-hmm. And when we and I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I'm, I'm saying this to Sydney, not the audience, because they've heard it. But when I first started this, another insurance agent asked me, he said, Bradley, why are you doing this podcast that you're literally giving your best – and back then it was just us. Mm-hmm. You're literally giving your best advice away for free to your competition. Mm-hmm. And I said, you and I are not competition. Right. Our competition is the big company that's trying to squash us and put us out of business. You and I need to stick together. The agents need to stick together because a rising tide will lift all ships. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So if you see that, if you believe that, then you look out in the ecosystem and how are our partners, carriers, technology vendors, treating agents through this data extraction process? Is it a conversation where they're coming in and saying, hey, look, this data is super valuable, Mm -hmm. right? We need to negotiate and figure out the best, a mutually beneficial way Mm -hmm. to share this data and aggregate this data. Because if I have it, it helps you. And if you have it, it helps me. But Right. And, and part of it is the agent's responsibility to be educated and understand these things. But mm-hmm. the way the ecosystem works now is that a lot of partners in the industry are taking advantage of agents' lack of knowledge right. and mm-hmm. and and sort of, you know, wielding a stick over carrot approach um, to, to get this data or just, you know, having them sign contracts at the get go. And then it's sort of, well, two years in, you're, you're screwed. Right,
1: so, And in the beginning, you know, me having recently gone through this, I mean, when you get those first few appointments, you don't care. Right. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe somebody's gonna appoint me. Right. And
0: you don't look at page twenty seven that talks about how they can use your data in any way they see fit, anywhere in the world for the rest of the mankind and blah, 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 blah. And
1: and now I'm at the point where I'm I'm ten months in this. Mm -hmm. We've grown a lot. Right. We almost have too many contracts. And now I'm at the point to where not only am I reading these contracts, but I'm I'm actually turning carriers away. I'm turning carriers away that people would love to have because I don't like. I don't think it's a, a symbiotic relationship, right? You know. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so
0: so in the future, now let's tie this back into Neon. So we have all this data in our agencies, thousands and thousands of customers' data. How does that tie into Project Neon relative to us? I guess should I say firewalling the carrier's ability to see our data? Is that, is that kind of where we're going with neon?
2: Yeah. So let's step back for a second to find what data is, because I think that'll help answer that question. And I I had an agent ask me the other day, he's like, so what do you want? My, so, you know, the social security numbers of my uh, clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And and, no, no, we don't want that. That's, That's not what we want. So what what is data? Right now in your agency management system, you're thinking about data in terms of accounts, mm-hmm. right? A customer calls in, and they have an account in your system.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you pull up that account, and you can see some contact information. Mm-hmm. You can see... And after that, really, mostly risk profile information. Mm-hmm. So what coverage do they have? Right. how many what are their limits and what are they paying? Right. If you think about how we interact in the world in our personal lives, mm-hmm. so think about the data that you're creating as Scott Howells mm-hmm. or or as Bradley Flowers, right? you You guys are creating and engaging with businesses every single second of every single day. And when you do that, you're leaving a digital footprint. Right. And, and when you leave that digital footprint, businesses are then collecting pieces of that footprint together and aggregating it and learning from it. So let's say that you, let's say you had a system that instead of looking at data as an account, it looks at it as interactions. Mm. So who, so you, you pull up your, your, you know, client calls, uh, account manager pulls up the screen and they're not just seeing contact information or risk profile information. They're also seeing behavioral information. Mm-hmm. So when was the last time that this person, uh, called your agency Right. and did they call because of a problem and did that problem get solved? Are they calling because the problem didn't get solved and mm-hmm. it's somewhere in the middle and, well, if it's not solved, whose responsibility is it? Was it the customers cuz they didn't send you something? Was it the is it the carriers cuz you know they're taking forever to do something? Is it the agent because somebody dropped the ball in the agency? Okay, now where do you pick that up? Is the person who's just on the phone and has to solve this person's problem. You know, and then it, so that's 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 at a, a a very myopic level, I guess. Take it at the aggregate as an agency owner, You know, you don't have to just walk through the hallway and assume that because your 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 team is typing aggressively on the keyboard that they're doing work. Right. Mm -hmm. You can pull up a dashboard anywhere, anytime when you're in Tennessee speaking to, you know, 100 carriers and brokers about the future of the industry, you can see who's doing what, what mm-hmm. problems they're having. Is the service team hot? Because a lot of calls are coming in. A lot of emails are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, is one person overburdened? Do you have to sort of split the difference between somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on with carriers? Is too much stuff in their boat? Where are you at with business that you uh, needs, needs to be closed? Mm-hmm. All of those things. It's a, you are literally, you can today with data, recreate, your business online. It's literally like you're living in two worlds at once. You're living your offline life when you're in the office and you're physically present and you've got this digital where everything is is a reflection of what's going on um, offline. So when we start to see data in that way, right, and we start to collect it and capture it and use it, that type of data when you've got that 360 degree view of the customer and what they're going through and what's going on in your agency you can you have the ability to inform every part of this industry mm-hmm. you know not just your agency but carriers want that information right because well what products should they be creating and what issues are customers running into with different products and where are they seeing heat in different marketplaces. Technology vendors want that, that information because, well, what's the next piece of technology or platform that needs to be created? And agents are the, that they are the ones that have the interactions with customers. No one else has that information, no one. So I guess, um, and I circling back to your you know original question, uh, it, when we start to see data in that way, it, it's, it's everything, right? I mean, it can, it informs every part of the industry.
0: So if I just heard you correctly and I'm going to condense what you just said, okay. And please 99% of the time I'm wrong. So okay. ne- here's yeah. what I heard. Neon, okay. Is a way to monitor your CRM system. And I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking neon will be your CRM system that will in real time, be able to create a digital platform, excuse me, digital footprint for your agency and your clients and your prospects and your carriers for you to be able to at a, at almost a snapshot, look in there and see all the things that you just mentioned. You know, how many follow-ups were conducted by one account manager today, or how many times this client's been called on this year or, uh, certain products that maybe haven't been offered to a certain customer. It, it's, cr- it's almost like it's creating in real time, a digital footprint for you as the agency principal. Am I correct about that? Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. And the way that that information is useful is right now with any other CRM system out there, you, 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 you can probably pull reports to get some of that information, but it's not in a like dashboard AI type form where you can just right. pull something up on your phone and you can see a lot of this different information that that's currently not available with with any other management system out there.
2: Yeah. I mean, so that's, you mentioned AI, right? That's hopefully robots won't take over the world, but well, that, that is sort of what I, that's the big thing. Like everybody was talking about insure tech connect AI, this AI, that machine right. learning, this now are, are we like, close to robots taking over the world and and ai informing a bunch of our business no i mean Mm -hmm. other than like the five goliaths you know Mm -hmm. apple facebook amazon google etc it's like there there aren't a lot of businesses that have that technology but we have to start preparing for that Mm -hmm. and so the first step is being incredibly intentional about collecting the data Mm -hmm. having a plan so that you have full ownership over the data
3: mm-hmm.
2: and let's take two examples here. So for AI to work, you have to have a certain volume of data,
3: mm-hmm.
2: just period. You have to have a certain volume of data. You can get that one of two ways. You can go and start collecting data today
3: mm-hmm.
2: and over the next 10 years, hopefully you'll have enough data to inform some AI you know, algorithm and machine learning mm-hmm. or If you band together with a number of other agencies who may not be as similar as you, but are in the same market and are collecting somewhat the same data, Mm -hmm. that may expedite your increase in data volume. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So now, instead of it taking 10 years, maybe it takes a year or two years for you to collect enough information that you can start to use AI. So, so now what does using AI mean? But the example I always give is, uh, so my partner and I, we have this thing about going to the dog park every night mm-hmm. and our dog will literally go bananas if we don't go to the dog park. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like a thing. Now, the problem is my partner likes to go after the dishes are done. I don't have a preference that, you know, do them before, do them after. It doesn't matter to me, but she has to have them done before we go. It's a thing. I so, I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, as a... initially when we started doing this, we got the dog and Mm -hmm. I started learning what she wanted. Mm -hmm. I didn't have enough information to know that she wanted to make sure that, that we were going to do the dishes before the dog park. I just didn't have enough data points in my head to, to know before I asked, Hey babe, do you want to go to the dog park? You know, that I had to have the dishes done, but over a series of interactions Mm -hmm. where she kept saying, "Yeah, yeah, as soon as we get the dishes done. Yeah. As soon as we get the dishes done. Yeah. As soon as we get the dishes done. now I have enough data points in my head to recognize that this is a trend, right? right this right. is something that this isn't a one time thing that she just wanted because she was in a you know, tough mood. Nope. This is who Jess is. Jess is the type of person who has to have the dishes done before we go to the dog park. Right. And think about, you know, your own partner. When you first met them, you could not predict their behavior. You could not determine what they were going to do in the future because you didn't have volume of data about who they were as a person and how they like to interact with the world to be able to say where they were going to go. But now, now that you've been with them for two, three, four, five, you know, twenty years, you know who they are. So that's that's the way we, you know we can think about AI. Is okay in a world where you know, a we don't have the ability to even meet our customers mm. as often as we'd like to even gain some of those insights. Data can help us start to predict w- what our customers want, mm. when they want it, how they want it, um, where they're going to be how we can best serve them, what we have to say to keep them. And all of that is done by sharing and aggregating Mm. that data, Mm. right? Because again, if you've got to have volume, what's the quickest way to volume? Is it doing it alone or is it doing it together? Right. And that's a powerful thing. So Mm. I I guess let me bring it to an insurance example. Then I'm going to get off my soapbox here. Mm. You know, let's say you have Jen Smith calls in and she's, You know, you haven't talked to her in four months and her likelihood to leave is high. Well, you know all those things, first of all. You know how many times you've talked to her. You know what you've talked to her about. You know how those interactions have gone. You know that this is going to be a tough phone call. Mm -hmm. Now, because you've seen Jen's a version of Jen Smith or the system has seen a version of Jen Smith 20 times before. Right. And it's starting to predict what, who is Jen Smith and mm-hmm. what is she like and wh- how does she need to be talked to? And what does she need right now? You can get on the phone with her and say, Jen, you know, he, here's the, here's the three things that we've got to say to Jen to turn that conversation from Jen's about to leave to, to at least, Jen is uh, maybe not a raving fan, right. but she's she's starting to to move towards that you know more positive outlook with the agency. So those are all things that you know they're happening in the world with technology right now. We just as agents don't have the ability to you know, because we're small businesses and our tech in the industry hasn't advanced. We don't have that capability right now, but that's where we're headed with.
0: Well, Um, yeah. Let me deep dive for you for just a second. One, One thing as you're talking about this, one thing I'm thinking about is, you know, really Facebook and Google are already doing this, right? They have the ability when you get, when Bradley flowers gets on, on Facebook, we get on Facebook so much as a, as a nation, a group of people and we get on Google so much that they have the ability to forecast what you want to see on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. They do the same thing with Google. They can almost anticipate what you're going to go look at that. There is a method of thinking out there that that is one of the new overarching problems with social media is that when you get on Facebook and you're a You know, it doesn't matter what you are, but whatever you like to see, whatever information that you want to see, the, the algorithm starts giving you more of that. And then you fall into this, this trap of you're only seeing one side of an issue, or you're only seeing what you want to see and you never get the other side of anything. And I think more than often that's talking about politics and things like that then you end up in this little bubble because you're like Bradley Flowers and you don't even have a television at your house anymore because most people
1: don't watch T V anymore. If they do, it's just a ball <laughs> Scott, game or Scott's talking about the Liberty Mutual <laughs> EMU commercial at the conference and I'm and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking I, about. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I don't have television.
0: <laughs> but do you see what I'm where I'm going with that? Where people are living mm-hmm. now on their phones and they're in this bubble where the algorithms for these social networking channels ha- are pulling up the information that only Bradley flowers wants to see. Cause they know it's curated th- through. Yeah, it's curated exactly. And so there, there is some issues with that because now you're just living in your little myopic bubble, seeing only the things on the social media platforms that you want to see fit your values, your goals, the th- political beliefs you have, the religious beliefs you have, and you're never getting out there and seeing anything else. And I'm sorry I deep dove on you on that. But that, that, that is that is an overarching issue that has currently recently kind of come to light. And I think I understand kind of where neon is. But what I want to move towards now is I want to talk to you a little bit before we get off this podcast today. a 100th episode of the Insurance Guys Woo-hoo. podcast. I want to talk a little bit about that technology environment as it relates to the insurance industry and kind of what you're seeing right now within SureTax and where where we're going with that.
2: Yeah, I'm, dude, killing it with the questions today. It's oh. like you. It's like you. It's like this isn't your first rodeo or something.
0: Yeah, well, I've done it a hundred times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great question. I'm so I think there's two problems with Facebook. The first one is that abuse of privacy. Mm. Um, I remember when people started questioning the amount or volume of data that Facebook was collecting. Cause when right. Facebook first started, nobody really understood. And I don't even know if Mark Zuckerberg did mm. understood like where this thing was going.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: And you know, the years passed and we started realizing, okay, we're hearing about algorithms, we're hearing about this holistic, you know, digital second life that they've created about us and that they have access to and mm. that they're using uh, to in different ways. I, I remember when that was happening and people were kind of questioning it, mm. but, it but the environment wasn't as, we didn't quite distrust them at mm. that point, mm. right? There wasn't a sense of distrust. There was just a sense of, Pensiveness, right? Right. Like, ooh, what's going to happen? We're not really sure. And when, you know, the first thing that happened was everybody finding out uh, how much information the government had on us and what Mm. they were looking at. um, And then it was Cambridge Analytica. And I think what's happened is that through the abuse and the lack of regulation Mm. around a lot of that data and its usage, people have started to distrust those companies. Mm -hmm. Now, Let's just compare Facebook for a second to Apple or Amazon. I remember when the government came to Apple and they said, hey, you've got to give us this data because we need it in a criminal investigation. And Apple was like, no way, yeah, Nope. no way. We're not going to give it to you. It's locked, sealed. Signed and never going to be delivered.
0: I believe, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was the uh, Boston Marathon bombings. That, no, that was uh, uh, San Bernardino. Oh, that's right. It was San Bernardino, yeah. and they were they they needed to get into. It was like the, the wife, guy's phone, the f- the, phone, the wife's phone, yes. right? Yeah,
1: the yes. wife's phone. And uh, Apple was like, "Nope, sorry, not going to happen." Well, and the thing is, yeah. is once that they were scared that once that Pandora's box was open, then that mm-hmm. would that would cause other people to want to get in. You know? yes. and, and not to mention, yes. I mean, on the other side of that, you know, Jeff Bezos has a contract with the CIA. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, go. I'm sorry, Sydney, go ahead. Um,
2: well, you know, and to your point, I mean, you think about the society's relationship with Apple versus mm-hmm. society's relationship with Facebook. And I would say they're starkly different. And yet they're both, in a way, data companies. Mm-hmm. So how is that? the? I don't think it's the act of collecting and using data, but I think that there's a very high responsibility mm-hmm. for companies who choose to play in that marketplace. Absolutely. I've heard about Amazon wanting to get into the healthcare space through, because they're just incredible at sitting on top of these data systems. And they've got the, this infrastructure to, to be able to deliver incredible customer experiences. Mm-hmm. Like nobody thought they were going to be able to deliver a package in two days for $10 a month, but they mm-hmm. did it. They figured it out. So, you know, and, and I hear that and I'm like, that's not such a bad thing. I don't know that, you know, I'd be interested to see what they do in the healthcare space. Uh, Amazon would. And so, and by the way, that was not the insurance space. That's, that's providers and they've actually bought a pharmacy and all that kind of stuff. So, but, you know, so I think that that's one problem is we've got to be really careful. We're thinking about this at neon is, how are we thinking about data security and data mm, privacy? right? you know, and um, and so that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is that Facebook is a unique platform mm. in that it's creating community and trying to sort of keep you it's it's creating community and it's a media publication. An mm. insurance agency isn't pushing messaging out as much as it's pushing a a service out, mm. right? So, mm the way that you're using data is a little different than the way that Facebook's mm-hmm, using it. Um, you're trying to provide a service. They're trying to, I mean, they've got an even higher responsibility as somebody who's responsible for messaging and, and media, you know, to make sure that that product doesn't like hurt society. Right. right? right. Um, and, and I would say that insurance carriers too, I mean, I guess just taking this down the rabbit hole, have that, that same responsibility in the sense that, Sometimes the numbers will say one thing, but what does that mean for society as a whole? Right. Right. I mean, if so, let's say the numbers say we should be charging individuals who live in a certain zip code, who make a certain amount of money, who have certain jobs, who uh, do certain things, an insane amount of money, Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that may be actuarial actuarially correct, Mm -hmm. but what does that mean for the what is? How does that impact society as a Mm -hmm. whole? Mm -hmm. Right, those are the questions we have to be asking ourselves. And I and I I think to a fault if we don't ask them. So I guess does that I guess help sort of lay the the landscape in terms of
0: oh it does uh, it does. And I think getting back to your first point about why. People are starting to become a little more leery about social media platforms and online uh, websites uh, having their data. One of the big reasons, and this is just me, you know, pontificating on this. Every single day, a major website is being hacked, and you're getting news from whether it's you know your Google phone, Google on your phone, Facebook, whatever, the paper, you know, X Y Z major you know, service industry website. Yeah, exactly. What, what I just read the wall street journal. That's why I said that I read it this morning, but every day, another, another major websites being hacked and they're having to report to everybody that, Hey, by the way, we just had 8.7 million people get their information taken off of our website because that's happening so frequently now every single day. People are starting to be, be like, you know, do I
1: do I really want to put my stuff on here and mm-hmm. you know, with risk, maybe it getting taken off and putting it on the dark web? Yeah, Sydney. Uh, I hate to end this conversation, but we're we're strapped for time. I do have one more question. What is the time frame for Neon being released to the general public?
2: So right now, we're working on getting the tech inside our pilot agencies. We've got thirteen mm-hmm. agencies who are. Incredible, oh, incredible I, I, I people. I know some of
1: those guys. They're awesome people.
2: Yeah. yeah, they are. Let's just say part of the reason I was so excited to take this gig was because of those pilot agencies. You know, you want to be in a room with people like them. So so we're going to put the tech in their agencies. They're going to run it. And that will, you know, we're going to fix the bugs. We're going to work it out, work all the kinks out. And uh, hoping to have a product to take to market
1: by q4 of next year Mm. awesome
0: and 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 let me ask you this for the for the 250,000 insurance agents out there that are listening to this and this will be our last question of our 100th episode today so when they buy project neon if they if they come out and they purchase the project neon system that will be a crm system right or agency management system for them is that correct it will be a management system that they can utilize to do the same thing they do with all the other management systems that are out there. Times 10. Well, times 10, yeah.
2: Yeah, so it actually sits on top of a management system right now. Okay. And obviously for it to work to its fullest capacity, it needs to be able to connect to Mm -hmm. an agency management system. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, take that for what it is. You, You know, you have to think twice about, okay, does my AMS open up? And so right now, the way that we're rolling it out, Mm -hmm. it is a full stack, which means we would, you know, if you bought Neon, you would essentially uh, bring, Neon would be the piece of technology, the tech stack that you would have in your agency. It would Mm -hmm. do everything that, you know, the the systems that you're, the disparate systems that you've got connected to your AMS and your AMS do for you now.
0: Got you, got you. Well, well, Sydney, I just want to tell you how how blessed and honored I am to have you on this show today. My my hope for today was that we were able to uh, shed a little light on what neon was. I wanted to talk a little bit about data muling and technology. I feel like we did that. Um, but any time that you want to come on this show, you are more than welcome to. And i I look forward to the next time you and I get to see each other at some event somewhere and maybe get to spend a little more time together. I'd love to get in the boat with you a little bit more. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, no, right back at you, dude. I, um, first of all, I was bummed we didn't get to hang out more at elevate. So well, that, that we're, was, we're due.
0: You, we're due. You, you had your, you had your firefighter outfit on fighting a fire alarm fire. Just, <laughs> no, I, I mean that like, you know, you're trying yeah. to put this event on yeah. and there's thousands of agencies and customers and everybody there. And, my expectation level of being even able to say hi to you in passing was pretty low, so I understood that. I get that. No, well, no I um,
2: I guess to say only to say that we are very much due for a long hangout sesh, even if I have to come to Huntsville, Alabama. Come on, man. that'd
1: be come on. awesome. Come on, man, I, I would absolutely love that so maybe, much. Maybe let's let's book like a, stadium, a state association event together or something like that. Ooh, well, you know, Bradley, dude. Bradley and I have been threatening to
0: have something. Maybe in in uh, next year sometime where we bring in people and do like a short one or two day mm-hmm. uh, boot camp style, just raw, you know, not a lot of pomp and circumstance, but just people that are just just absolute savages in the insurance industry. Hey, Get up if there. you guys are
1: interested in that, listening to that, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would love to throw that. that out there.
0: Like two days from like eight thirty in the morning till ten o'clock at night, and everybody's got like four hours to just. Cram information down people's throat. I would absolutely love to do that sometime. But I'm gonna epic. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and close this thing out, guys. Listen to me. Rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind your desk today. Go out in the big bad world. Build relationships with your clients, with your carrier partners, with people like Sydney Rowe, with people like Seth Zaremba. Learn what's coming down the pike. So at least, you know, you know, having information is half the battle and I, I just want you guys to be able to, to understand and know what is out there and what is coming down the pike so that you can actually make a good decision moving forward with, with what types of technology you're going to have in your agencies. And I I just, man, I just think information's half the battle. So Get your ass out there today. Go sell insurance. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Sydney. Sydney Rowe, I love you, too. Anything you need from me, you you are one phone call away from me trying my best to get it done for you.
2: Dude, I love you, too. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks,
0: Ed. No problem. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll be back real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at SaraLandInsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.